This is two guys talking golf. Yeah. But maybe times two. So two times two. <laughs> times two. We got two special guests in the building. One is a recurring guest, photographer Greg Moore, the goat of golf equipment photos in the industry. Pretty much started the uh, golf equipment industry in the media. Greg, welcome back to the show. Thank you. Always good to be back. And then we have another guest who's actually a special guest. <laughs> and I'll start, I'll start with a little resume here. So he won a national title while at Pepperdine. He was part of the 1997 winning Walker Cup team. Nice. He's a PGA Tour champion, seven-time nationwide tour winner. He was the managing director of player relations at the USGA, recently appointed as the senior vice president, player advisor to the commissioner of the PGA Tour, and I believe he has a forum handle on Golf WRX. <laughs> we welcome Jason Gore to the show. Round of applause. <laughs> Jason, welcome. Golf, golf clap. <laughs> it's the most. Thank you. That's the most claps I've gotten in a couple of years. But thank you. So good to can be you here. Clear up some rumors that while as a PGA Tour player, you were also on Golf WRX as a full-time gearhead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those aren't even rumors, I don't think. Yeah, absolutely. I still am. I still look for, like, the low spin. Why do my irons spin too much? And, you know, I just never want to admit it coming down this way. You know what I mean? But, um, yeah, no, I, I love Golf WRX. It's uh, – I love that there, everybody on there swings at 126 and has a 190 ball speed. I just – I love that. That's our so, community. That's our community. Something to strive for. Yeah. No, no, a lot of great people. So let's start friends. with um, so. some of the obvious. All right. So Z senior vice president, player advisor to the commissioner. What exactly does that mean? And what will your role be with the PGA Tour and joining with the PGA Tour players? Um, I'm not exactly sure what my role is going to be. I, I have a feeling it's going to be pretty similar to what it was at the USGA, where I'm just going to be the, the bridge or the avenue between the players and the commissioner, you know, because let's face it, the commissioner's got a business to run. And, you know, if I can kind of bring the request, because I think it's kind of my job to really stand up for the players and not that, you know, leadership at the PGA Tour isn't standing up for them, but it's kind of going to be my job to go talk to the players as a trusted face, you know, as a trusted person. Like, hopefully I think they did it. They think I did a good job at the USGA and, um, you know, just kind of basically summarize what, uh, what the players think needs to be done better, how to make the PGA tour better. And hopefully we can, um, you know, put our heads together and try Aside to make the PGA from, tour like, the obvious greater being, than it already is. They want more money. Um, from your perspective, like, what have you seen that players want to change in the PGA Tour? And, like, what are some of your goals, like maybe bullet point goals or just your perspective on, you know, what's going on in the PGA Tour and what the players really want? I, I think that I think that's a lot to do with it. I mean, you know, they want more money. I mean, who doesn't? Right? <laughs> Checks in the mail. Any, anything's the mail. more than zero. <laughs> yeah, checks in the mail. Perfect. Now, I think, but there's there's just there's so many different aspects to the PGA Tour than there is the USGA. I mean, like you got sponsors, you got 
you know, you got more events, you got, you got other things that, um, you know, you got pro-ams. And so it's, I think, I think there's, there's a lot of things. I mean, there's not a ton of things, right? I mean, it's been a pretty good place for a long time, but um, I think you just, it's kind of the same issues that, you know, I mean, I complained about it for 20 years. Like, why do we have to do this? Why are we doing this? Um, but now they, you know, there seems to be some leverage on the other side and leverage is only real if you're willing to leave. So um, I think there've been, there's been some few things that, that have needed to be ironed out over the years. And um, this is a great opportunity. You know, I'm going to, obviously the number one thing I'm going to do for a long time is this and, you know, take some notes down and, and just try to figure out what, what the next step is with some other, you know, with the really smart people <laughs> and with some other really smart people that I know. <laughs> so um, just try to, uh, you know, try to figure out and like, let's, let's move forward with how we can continue to make this better. How can we make the PGA tour more attractive, especially to the younger generation um, of, of both players, fans, sponsors, everything. So if we can, if we can try to, you know, I don't, I think, I don't think it's a long road, but I think it's a, it's a very important road to travel. Um, you know, it's just time to, to start being a little bit more proactive and, and let's, let's see where we can get to. And I'm, I'm just really excited. I'm really excited. You know, it's like all I've been kind of doing since I mean, technically my first day was yesterday, but I'll be in the office on Tuesday and, and I'll kind of really start to like dive in at that point to try to figure out, okay, well, where are we going to go? How are we going to do this? And who's going to be involved? And, and uh, for people who, uh, will, uh basically know you, you know, they're general golf fans. They know you as a former PGA Tour player. They might not know what you've been doing over at the USGA um, for the past several years. Can you kind of describe, you know, what you were doing day to day and what impact you think you might have had over there that made you attractive for the PGA Tour to have you on board? (laughs) (laughs) I've never been attractive, but um, I think it's – (laughs) <laughs> I think more so of like a hostage negotiator. I always like to laugh at that. But uh, no, honestly, all I've been doing is, is is like with the USGA, I think when we first when I first got there, it was certainly there were some some misconstrued conceptions of the golf course. And I kind of bully my way in because I mean, I, to me, to me doing this job, you have to find out what's important, right? What's job one and what's what's necessary and what's kind of fluff, right? Like, you know, and I kind of kept saying, like, you can feed these guys filet and caviar every day, and if the golf course isn't right, it's going to be a bad week. So um, I kind of bullied my way into helping with the golf course and just trying to, like, and, and John Bodenhammer and Jeff Hall were fantastic. Like, they just kind of, they, they, they were willing to, to listen to any kind of input that I had and, and you know, and, scrap what was bad and keep what was great because there was a lot of both but um you know i I think it's um once we finally once we finally started to get the golf course right like you know john and jeff before i got there came up with a whole new like strategy of how we're going to set up the u.s open golf course and i just kind of came in from a player's perspective and and a lot of it was you know i'd look at it and be like yeah that doesn't look right but what about it i said i don't know it just doesn't look right right it's like it's like if somebody asked me, you know, I hit this five iron from under a tree and hook it and hit it up there to like three feet. Yep. I say, how'd you do that? And I'm like, well, I don't know how to do it, but I know how to do it. Right. Like, I mean, that's, that's kind of where I was coming from. I'm just like, I, I think I said, you got to trust me 7 billion times there. But, um, you know, I think that was, 
that, I think that's the, the bottom line for a long-winded word salad I just gave you was you need to find out what's important, what's what's the what's the job one, and um, identify it, and then really kind of hammer down on that, and then the other stuff will kind of be good from there. And, and um, I think that's where the listening part's going to come in, and I'm just going to take a lot of notes and try to summarize a lot of things and uh, try to get some you know try to get some things done with um, with with with, with the uh, US Open course setups how to, how to, be, how to be better yeah, just, just real quick with you <laughs> oh yeah go ahead back Eric. to the US Open uh, setup would you say that it was convincing them that it didn't have to be par needed to be the number in other words if you've got the best players in the world under the the right conditions you don't have to make it where they're scrambling to be lucky to make a par. These guys are going to make birdies. Now they're not; they don't have to go out and shoot twenty-five under it. But if if it's eight under for four rounds, it was it, it it needed to be more acceptable to the blue coats at uh, Far Hills, would you say? <laughs> I think I think that the, the strategy that John and Jeff put forward, like before I got there, when John took over, because Mike John took over, John Bodenhammer took over, right before I got there from Mike Davis, who was in you know in charge of all the course setup. So when I got there, it was kind of already laid out. And I, I, I think the one thing that we really had to be careful of, or really were conscious of, was you can't stop these great players from hitting great golf shots, right? Like. You, if, listen, there was a time when I knew six inches off the club face if I was if the ball was going to go through the window, if it was going to have the right curve, if it was going to, you know, like, you know, right? So it's when, and you also know when you're begging for something and you get ticked off because it didn't turn out your way, but deep down inside you're like, yeah, I, can. I pushed that a couple, you know, a couple yards. Like, we're honest with ourselves. We're just not vocally honest with ourselves, right? It's a complete defense mechanism, but yeah, par was no longer something that was talked about. We wanted to present a difficult test that was able to reward good golf shots. And we kind of wanted to give them a test where you're tempting them. This is probably so not PC, <laughs> but I'm just going to say tempting them to do something stupid, right? Like it's, it's super, it's super easy to set up a golf course. For real. 200. You know, you can make every par three, you know, 240 yards. You can put it five over a bunker and three off the left. And you've just basically made my decision, right? If it's three off the left from 240, I'm going to hit it 25 feet, 30 feet right of the hole, and I'm just going to two-putt and I'm going to leave. Like, you've taken every decision for me to make off the oh. tee, right? Like, you <laughs> haven't tempted me to really kind of go, I can do that. And you shouldn't, right? Like, you're just like – that's what was so great about the country club, right? Was every hole tempted you to hit driver and you just didn't have to, but it was so, it looks so right. It looks so good. And, you know, it's like, that's, that's where you start to test, you know, uh, course management and shot making value. And let's, if you're, if you have enough guts to stand up over this shot and try to aim at it and you pull it off and you know what? Great bird. And that's just it. But if you don't pull it off, and they always just laugh at me when I say this, like, if you don't pull it off, you're going to be busy. Like, you know, like, like you're going to look at something and be like, oh, man, I cannot believe I just did that. But I made that choice. 
and I didn't execute the golf shot. But if I know if I execute a golf shot, I should at least have a good look at a birdie. And, like, the thing that I was still will constantly probably forever try to define is, well, what is a good shot? Is a good shot sometimes 12 feet? You know, is it 15 feet? I don't think a good shot should ever be 60 feet, right? Like, you should be able to have some sort of look at it to where, like, you know what, if a Superman cape wants to come flying out, and you're going to give me a club, I'm going to have a go at it. And if I hit it over this green or if I hit it short in his bunker, I'm going to be toast. And I think that that's where we tried to, to we tried to like get players to think outside the box and to tempt their. They're so darn aggressive now, right? I mean, they just hit driver everywhere. And you go back and watch Tiger from 2000. You know, I mean, what did he hit? One driver in the British Open that one year. Maybe you know, hit two iron everywhere, and that's the way he played. They just can't help themselves to hit driver on every hole, and, that, and that's what the numbers say. So you have, kind of have to like start to try to make them think, and and how to, you know, I want you, I want you thinking from the first tee. I want you thinking from every time you put a peg in the ground on every hole, you should be thinking about strategy, and and, and that's kind of where I was, and you know, that even goes into the shots going into the green. So putting hole placements you know, three off the edge or making them brutal. It just wasn't wasn't our thing. Like, well, like USGA, like, to, reactionary to, to in be a hero. the way uh, they set up courses, like, throughout the week. Like, on, thurs- on Thursday when, like, you know, there's an interview with the player and they're like, uh, the course was playing unfair. It's, a, it's too difficult of a test. Or they see stuff uh, popping off on Twitter. Like, maybe it's trending that the, the course is too dried out and they're kind of getting torched like do they react then on friday and they kind of dial it back based on reaction uh never i don't know about from two prior to 2018 you know like i, I wasn't there but we never really had an issue with pebble or tory or wingfoot or anything you know or the country club because we had a game plan. We certainly monitored firmness. And, and you know, like, the other thing was, is like, we <laughs> never saw a weather delay in the U.S. Open. The four U.S. Opens I had, we had great weather. We had a little bit of rain on the country club. So, like, I, I, I you know, I don't know how to really react to that. I don't you know. But, um, no, never, never once, like, at Pebble Beach, you know, Gary, you know, they were – Nine, ten under par. I can't remember what they were after fifty-four holes, but not once did we ever go. You know what? Let's let's push this whole location a little bit. It was always like, hey, this is our game plan. This is what we're doing, and let them play. Because you know, like I think what happened at Shinnecock in eighteen before I got there, before Mr. Mickelson ran after that putt was, um, it was great in the morning, right? And then all of a sudden the wind kicks up, and now it's not great. Like. At Pebble, we kind of knew what the weather was going to be, but it's Pebble, you never quite know. So the golf course was always ready if the weather changed. And I think that was kind of like what we had to really kind of monitor. And But no, not what John was awesome about that. John was awesome about being patient. You know, I mean, there was times when we even cut the rough with wing foot, knowing that, you know, by Saturday, Sunday, the golf course will come to him, it'll be there, and it'll be, it'll be a U.S. Open. So, you know, there was 20... 21 guys under par, and, you know, there's people going up, you know, they, they, they gasped it, and I just kept saying, hang in there, just, it's coming. You know, like, just, you don't want to, all of a sudden, you know, you hit it in the rough on Thursday, and you look down, and you're like, hey, I got a pretty good line. And by Sunday, you look down, and you go, uh-oh. So, 
You know, like that that's the that's the way it should actually progress. And you know, we had twenty guys, twenty plus guys under par the first round at Wingfoot, and then one guy broke par for the week. Like, you know, that's the way it kind of should progressively and you know, we had good weather, it turned cool, it was in September COVID opened. So I mean we kinda we kinda had our hands around the neck of that golf course that could control the, the water and you know, it got a little windy, it got a little firmer, it got a little cooler, you can you know, you can tune it, but not once did we ever mess with any hole locations. And I, I think that's what uh, I'm so proud of John for. Like he was so patient and just so like tactical and he yeah. just he was awesome. Um, we, we, like you gotta mention. Oh, sorry. Go, Jersey. <laughs> it looked like Nutson was itching to say a question. I was gonna. Well, no, it, it was it was interesting when you were talking about kind of like tempting players and and all that stuff because I think even like at at us, us amateur levels, there's always that temptation to hit shots that in the back of our mind, like we just know we shouldn't hit. Um, was it almost fun trying to like set up those situations on a golf? Because like, I mean, being a former, you know, or not former, but I mean, being a former, you know, tour player. You were in those situations where you're like, you know, probably after the round or the next week, you kind of thought back and said, like, man, what the hell was I doing there? Like, was it kind of fun to kind of kind of almost play those shots out in your head going, man, if I hit it here, it would be perfect. But, man, if I miss it, here it is. Was like, was that part of the fun of almost setting those things up? No, well, yeah, because it was so, like, you just kind of – the perfect hole was the 11th at the country club. It was 125 yards. And, it, you know, Gil came in and completely redid the green. Yeah. And you know what? If Scotty Scheffler doesn't play that hole, he wins the U.S. Open. Right? I mean, he made double there on Saturday. And there's just this, like, beautiful, like, little peak in the back where it kind of, you know, it just kind of comes to a point. You put the pen right there, and it's 120 yards, and you're like, <laughs> I got to hit it. I got to go for it. Right? The greens weren't that firm. You can kind of, like... And it's, it kind of had this, like, great infinity look where it just kind of rolled off the back, and you had this, like, kind of marshy area back there, which really wasn't in play. <laughs> unless you, you know, if that's in play, fire your caddy, right? So, I mean, it was kind of far far away. and um, But, you know, like, you can't help yourself but to have – you have gap wedge or sand wedge in your hand. You're like, I have to go for it when you really should just hit it 20 feet short and take your chances with your putter, right? And it's like – there were so many players that just hit and bounced over the green and like <laughs> you're just sitting there going, guys, what are you doing? When they're like that, I would have done the same stupid thing. Like you just can't help yourself. Right. But like, like that's probably why I've got an office, but, um, but uh, that, that's, uh, it's, it's fun to look at that. Like you look down at this, you're standing on the tee and you're looking at it and you're going, and they, they look over and you go, what would you do? And I'd be like, well, I, I would take it and land it 15 <laughs> yards short in the green, you know, of the pin and let it yep. release back there and take my 20 feet. <laughs> really in the back of my mind going, I'm going to make double on this hole, right? Like, I'm hitting pitching wedge and I'm going to hit it right at the flag. It's going to bounce all around and make the I'm going to yell at Lewis and, and then just move on, right? Like, <laughs> but, um, but, you know, it's, it's fun stuff like that. Like, like I said, you can set it up. Setting it up hard is super easy. It's how do you make them – how do you think – how do you how do you make them think their way around the golf course? Because listen, they're also physically talented. They're also just gifted and well trained, and but they're all really aggressive. Because week in week out, it's more it's, you know it's like how you know it, it's a birdie contest. Let's just face it, right? So, I mean, even at 
I just think growing back, growing up, thinking back, like PGA West was brutal. I grew up in Southern California. You go to PGA West and be like, oh my gosh, this place is awful. And now the scoring average is what, sixty-seven? I mean, they're just so freaking good now, and you just can't you can't help them. And if you if you if you try to do something to yeah. make them not good, then you're doing something completely unnecessary. Just let them go play. And we want to watch some great golf, and we want to watch some heroic things That's going fun. on. And, and, <laughs> but, yes, to answer your question, it was super fun. It was super fun to, like, put my hat on and, and think about, like, all right, how am I going to tempt them to do something, you know, like, here's where you're supposed to hit it, but, God, it looks so good to hit over here. And it was <laughs> I had a blast doing it. Like, that's the one thing I'm going to miss. And I even told John Bodenhammer and Jeff Hall, um, I said, if you see a fat guy standing on the first tee of LACC on Monday morning at 5 a.m., please don't call security. I will. I will. I want to. I want to go for a walk with you guys. Like, I'm gonna just, you know, like I want to. I want to be like I will always be a USGA guy. I mean, they're the people in that building are amazing, and um, it was a really hard decision for me to go. I just kind of felt like it was. It was the right thing to do. I, I you know, I love the tour. I always have. You know, I've had my little. Everybody has, right? It's not, it's not perfect, but um, it just seemed like a good time for me to, to maybe see if I can help, um, and, uh, but yeah, I'll certainly miss the, the setting up the golf course. I love that stuff. I love being inside the ropes, even though it was just for. You know, was from was there 5 a, a to thought process in the setup? I'm going to give them something here, but. I'm going to probably take it away from them over here on a hole where you might know that, that, like you said, it's real easy to make them tough, make it miserably hard. And, and, uh, you know, guys are shooting five over par to, to lead. That's not hard. It's doing a fair balance. So was there some schematic or thought process of we're going to have three that we would consider kind of easy. We're going to have six over here that, are fair, but maybe leaning towards a little harder. And then we're going to have some over here that they're going to have to hit two, three, or four, five perfect shots. Sure. I mean, there was always like, you know, like I keep going back to to um, the country club and just thinking like, you know, we, we want you to play these holes. If there was – uh, 14 and 15, right? Like there was 13, 14, 15. 13 was was a was like a tough little like right to left, and 14 was a brutal par five, and 15 was kind of that long one down the hill. And we're like, I just want you to play these holes in 13 shots. Figure out a way. Like there was some giveth and there was some taketh, but but it wasn't like okay, we're going to do six hard hole locations and six easy ones and then six medium. It wasn't that, but, you know, it's like there was always kind of somewhere, especially like any great golf course, right? Like we want you to, you know, if, if one hole was really hard and the next hole was kind of easy, like just, just play these holes, two, two back-to-back par fours. Like we're telling you to play them in eight. And how you come about that, like one and two at the, at, uh, at the country club, you know, one turned out to be a lot easier than I thought. Because, I mean, it was just this hard hole and it was narrow, but the, these guys, like I said, are so good. And three was a brutal – Par three, and we're like, just we're giving you play these in seven, and I think that was kind of like where we were with with because uh, you know like you, you get your teeth kicked in right out of the gate at the country club, 
And you know, there's some hard holes right right out of the box. Like there's no sleeping in around there. There's no like kind of you know like trying to wake up slowly. You 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 better be get to that first team. You better be ready. Um, but uh, yeah, I think there was there was some give and take to that. But it certainly wasn't like a, okay. Well, we're gonna just we're gonna you know sacrifice this one to make sure this one plays. You know we know this one's gonna be hard, and we weren't afraid to like move it around like. You know, we weren't afraid to make one whole play, you know, move the tees up and then move the move – the, like you're going to see something at LACC next year. 15 is this little tiny hole that you can either hit like nine <laughs> iron into or you can make it 78 yards, right, 15 at LACC. And, and um, like, want to have fun. Like, when you get to the hole, you'll be like, oh, yeah, they, they did it. Cool. Like, play it. Like, but it's totally playable. But um, – you know, we did it for the Walker, or they did it for the Walker Cup in, in 17. And, you know, like, especially when you get to, you have to understand, like, we did a lot of research on the architecture, like, you know, architects, like George Thomas, who been reading a book about George Thomas, and he always wanted a golf course within a golf course. You know, there's, like, little fingers that come around bunkers that you're supposed to use the front tee up because now you're supposed to have a wedge into this one because it's, you know, it's 15 feet wide, and there's just a, you just learn like little things about the golf course that uh, that not anybody would really know, but that's what the architect was thinking. So you just kind of we, we tried to tried to be as true as we could to the architect and just find conditions that were you know U.S. Open. Of course, and just what, let the what golf course, course would you play say it doesn't have to be a so, yeah, U.S. Open it, it, course necessarily? But from an architecture standpoint, like what course do you think gets closest to being right and like a difficult but fair test? <laughs> Tough question, I know, but I'm curious your answer. Oh gosh, no, I, one's coming up. The the one comes right to mind, and I'm just trying to think if, if I'm going to miss anything. But Wingfoot is certainly one of them. Shinnecock's one of what them. About Pinehurst too. Think Wingfoot's perfect. Like if you took the first green, <laughs> uh, no, I hate that. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, no, I love Piners. Um, Piners number two is good. I, I, I'm. I don't think what they did to it is not my favorite, but I totally get it. I, I like the rough, but I've been wrong before with it. Maybe it's just because I'm biased. Um, I think Pinehurst is fantastic. I, I, I really like Wingfoot because if you drive it in the fairway there, it's super playable. But it's super tight. It's super tough, and there's no like. Gimme holes, you know. You got the fifth hole there. That's just a short little hole that you want to like. I want to hit driver, and then you look at it, and you're like, "Gosh, you know, I'm just going to hit like a wedge because the green is shaped properly." And you go down there, and the fairway is 18 yards wide. Damn it! Like I can't even do that right, right? Like, but you know, so it's um, I just love like the little intricacies of a golf course of watching a ball like. You know, you think you hit a good shot, but you didn't, and then you get up there, and it's so obvious. So I like places where you have to really focus, do your homework, and and like, and you just have to think off the tee. Like I like the A to B to C to D process. Like I don't like that you can skip A, get to C, come back to B, and then go to D. You know, like I, I just want like all right, you need to you need to start off, you need to focus on the tee shot, and you get the tee shot very easy. Focus on your second shot, get the second shot, you know, on the green or whatever. It's just there's never a let up around that place, but it is so fair if you do what you're supposed to do. 
And I just, I love that place. I think it's, <laughs> I guess, I don't know if I'd want to play it every day, but, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's certainly, a, you know. All right, a, let's get off golf courses. We need to get on equipment. Course, but, uh, oh, ooh. And you, it's, 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 were, you were a player. You are a player. You still let's are get on a player. Equipment. You just played in the, uh, the <laughs> Met section. Um, War, war's good. And then you work for the USGA who tests equipment whether it be drivers or balls or whatever, and now back with the tour where there's a vocal group that thinks that the USGA should stay out of the equipment as far as the tour players. So we're going to throw out, since you said anything was good, a <laughs> process on driver size and balls. Come on. <laughs> should they roll the ball back or just make it spin more? And give us the answer from all three, player, USGA, Ooh. and now PGA Tour executive listening to your constituents. I like this. <laughs> <laughs> Go through a tunnel. You I knew I was going to give you the tough questions. I um, I, uh, all right. All right. So let me write this down. The Which player. You want it from the player. Hold on. I got to keep this. Yeah. Player, USGA, and tour. All right. So, from the player, I, I honestly think that there will always be ballparks for PGA Tour to play in, right? And what was the second well, part of it? Let me write this down, too. He, do they, he's do they need to roll the ball not back to or just make it spin more? And, and, and is driver size something they need to be worried about? Or driver length, which okay. they've already shortened a little bit, so that maybe is a moot point. Well, I, I, I think the driver length was like the low hanging fruit, right? I think it was kind of one of those things. Let's get this, let's get this done sure. before it starts to get out of hand, right? I mean, when I came on tour, it was forty four inches, you know, and that just moved up from forty three and a half and stuff like that. Now it was forty five, and then forty six. At what point does it get to forty seven? You're going to get a thirteen year old coming out who's swinging a 47-inch shaft, and that's just what they know, or 48, whatever, right? So I think that was kind of the low-hanging fruit. Adding spin to the ball. I know the USGA and the RNA did not want to mess with intellectual property of the manufacturer. So that was something like we're not getting into helping you figure it out. Um, rolling the ball back. Um, I think with some of the new testing measures that – the USGA was thinking about or are thinking about. I think the, the area of interest just closed to manufacturers probably yesterday or day before or something like that. Very recently, how about that? Um, I, I think – how do I say this? I know what I'm trying to I, – I, I, like I said, I think there's always a ballpark for these guys to play in. But with – water and land size and all this stuff. I just I get it. I totally get it. Now, my job and I'll, I just talked to Thomas Pegel this morning. <laughs> like, my job was always to be the a-hole in the room, which I'm good at. Um, you know, it was always to kind of think back and say, like, well, I would just do this. And be like, well, you, you would? And I'd be like, oh, yeah. Like, you know, well, you want to roll it back? Well, guess what? I'm just going to get a lower lofted dry room and talk to the people at, at so-and-so and I'm going to get them to launch the ball higher 
and you know, like I'm going to get a higher launch ball and all this stuff. Like I always think that there is a way to counteract it with testing, and we've got so much information with TrackMan and FlightScope and GC Quad, all the you know all the the launch monitors. I think there is always a way, and I think the one thing at the USGA was I'm like, if we're going to do something, let's just show you get this right and it works. And I think they have come to like a conclusion on that, where they're still trying to gather info. I mean, no, no conclusion. I mean, let me rephrase it. No conclusion has been made yet. I just talked to Thomas, and he's like, you know, like we're still working, we're still listening, we're still working. And so, I mean, nothing is is like coming down the pike yet. And um, I think from the USGA standpoint, I think what they're trying to do is just to make sure that the game is relevant in the next hundred years. I mean, being a California guy, water is is is, is precious. I kind of had a buddy of mine tell me this the other day. He goes, "There's going to be wars over water. Water is going to be the new oil, and probably you know sooner than later. Um, especially you know, like in the West Coast, or, you know, it's like even here in New Jersey. I mean, gosh, we've been dry as a bone here. Which everybody's like, oh my god, we need rain. Oh my god, this is awesome because I can play at any time, right? Like, but don't you um, think some of the the rollback but, um, on the ball is even I think coming just from out for- the course owners uh, in that they don't want their golf course to be embarrassed by tour players shooting ridiculously sure. low scores. And yet you have Harbortown or Colonial uh, that are not super, super long, and you have to be exact off the tee with curving it right, curving it left, avoiding this tree, whatever. It, it doesn't have to be long, and we've seen it. I mean, roll back the ball, and the longest guy is still going to be the longest guy. So you haven't done anything except hurt the average player. Always. It, well, I think that there's there's a way to not do it without even having to bifurcate. You know, because I just I, – I know as a USGA guy, like, <laughs> that word is just not – it's one of these, right? So um, I think there is a way around that with, you know, MOIs or whatnot. But um, if you make a golf course 8,200 yards, right, or if you make a golf course, if you, you look down a hole and it's wall-to-wall rough with a one-foot-wide fairway or with no fairway at all, you're going to hit driver as hard as you can. If you're looking down a fairway that's wall-to-wall fairway, <laughs> you're going to hit driver as hard as you can, right? Because there's no, like, real, right? It's like, where do you find the proper width of a fairway? Where I even kind of think, like, at some point they're going to try to, they're probably going to figure out, okay, well, at 181 you can play your best golf. At 185 it starts to go sideways. Like, I think that there is, I think at some point that they will find a, you know, a diminishing ROI, Right, I don't know what diminishing point of return that you know, like, hey, maybe the 195 ball speed doesn't really play well on tour because if it was really all about distance, Sadlowski and Kyle Berkshire True. would win every week on tour, right? So, I mean, there is a there is a there is something there where it's like, all right, you still have to control your golf, and I just think like you know, course owners, like you said don't want to build this, don't want to be embarrassed, don't want to do this. So 
And like my big thing was, and I, I said there's, I probably, well, don't work with anymore, so I'm going to say. Yeah, let um, it rip. <laughs> they can't fire me now, right? Um, Has the last check and, cleared. Uh, like, I always said, if I walk up and Megan. Um, yeah, exactly. Yes, it is. Um, I can't go up to a really long hitter. I can't go up to a Cameron Young or something like that and be like, all right, dude. We don't like you hitting driver nine iron into a five hundred yard park. We want you to hit five iron. Well, well, then that's about scoring, because at no point has this ever been about scoring. I can honestly say that at no point in the USGA when we're at these meetings it has been about well these guys are playing too well. It's never been about that. Like that's the one thing that I'm super proud of to be able to say. But if we don't like Cameron Young hitting driver nine iron into a 500-yard par four. And we have to, like, if we're going to roll the ball back, if we're going to do anything like that, well, then it's got to be 460, no. 460 yards, and he's still going to hit driver nine. Like, we can't change the way, you know, like, well, we're going to build a new tee. But, by, by the way, it's not about scoring, but we're going to build a new tee, <laughs> and now you're going to hit three iron in the result. Ha, ha, ha. Right, like, like it's just it's not. It's not. Um, if it's not about scoring, we have to like move tees up. We, you know, and it's our part of the business to set up a golf course. Well, was my part to like not change the way they play, but just let's make the ballparks. You know, you can't say like, well, there's a home run problem, you know, and then move the fences back and then then you know throw them marshmallows up there. Like now you completely change the game. And like we just we can't be hypocritical when we do that. We can't keep continuing, continue, continually building new tees and then roll the golf ball back. Like Nick, because now you're going to take out half the you know either half the tour. Now you're going to actually put emphasis on the longest mm-hmm. course because the shorter guys will really have no way to play. And then you're going to actually make it go farther because now you're going to get guys pushing pushing weight around. You know, to try to get stronger, to try to get faster, to try to you know, get injury prone, because now the good putters can't compete. So I think there's a fine line in there. Like I get what what we're trying to do, what the USGA is trying to do. I totally get that, and it's it's honorable and it's it's noble. I I just think that there has to be other parts along with what we're doing to make the not change the game drastically and whether that's moving it up whether that's you know moving a tee box up or whether it's something else i just think it's got to be it's got to be done right so we're not completely affecting the game are you going to be helping with course setup over at uh, the pga tour are you going to help week to week on that front if they ask me i i doubt it i mean they got it pretty good like i mean like, you know, we, we go to courses year over year, and I, I can play a practice round with <laughs> John Deere and be like, oh, yeah, it's going to be right here and then on Thursday. You know, it's kind of like it's it's a little bit of, you know, it's very rare when things aren't cut and paste. But, you know, they know it. They, it's like it's like Augusta, you know. It's like you walk up to 16 at Augusta on Sunday, and you know that thing's going to be back left, <laughs> except for 2020 when they screwed it all up. But um, they put it back right on Sunday and just like, <laughs> I'm not ready for that. I'm not mentally prepared for this. Um, but, uh, no, it's pretty uh, – it, it, they, they got it. They know what they're doing. And if they if they want help, believe me, I'd be more than happy to 
to go around with them in the morning and just be like, hey, what about over here? Like, especially at the players, right? And I would, I would love that. That place has got, it's just untapped potential and all this stuff on that golf course. So I'd be more than honored to. I love doing it. It would be. Yeah. Um, yeah, getting awesome. back to the, the, the equipment side of it, like you, uh, I mean, you were a tour professional for for many years, and nowadays we're seeing. It seemed like you know years ago everybody had an equipment deal. You know, somebody had an OEM on their hat, and they played what we assumed was fourteen clubs of that brand, and then Greg kind of diminished that um, <laughs> with his what's in the bags. But uh, when you were like kind of coming up and you know starting to turn professional and starting to realize, hey, this is what I'm going to do. Uh, you know, I think a lot of us amateurs always dream that, you know, TaylorMade or Callaway or Titleist, whoever come knocking on our door and say, hey, play our stuff and what do you need? But how, how did you kind of go about that? Because, you know, like nowadays we're seeing so many free agents out there that are playing whatever they want, kind of, or playing very limited deals or, or however they're setting it up. But, you know, how, how did you kind of look at the equipment side when you started, you know, kind of started to turn professional and, you know, people were probably, you know, asking you, do you want to play our stuff and all that? Like, how did you go about making decisions like, did you sign with one OEM? Did you kind of play free agent? What was your kind of uh, thoughts going into that whole process? Okay. I kind of went both directions. You know, like I, I was with one manufacturer that I loved their items, yeah. didn't like their driver. You know, it's stuff like that. Like, I just think it's really hard. And, and now, like, well, back then we weren't playing for the amount of money they are now. So you, you made things work, and there wasn't options. I mean, shoot, I'm so old that you actually used to glue drivers. You know, that's how old I am, right? Yeah, you know, it used to be like, yeah, they used to have to re-whip the driver. Like, no, they used to actually glue it in there and had a hosel and everything. Um, but what uh, you have to what you have to realize, but, uh, take whatever he says with you know, a grain like, of salt, because you just, one year at Greensboro, he finished T two, and the next week at Barclays or Northern Trust or whatever it was in the first playoff event, his irons and his driver were on the ping van being reshafted, and he just finished <laughs> T2. So he is the ultimate equipment hoe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what you're going like with? I like to say I'm a field player. It, it didn't, like to if say they'd have felt player. better, you'd have won. <laughs> yeah, don't. Yeah, I'm yeah. still still mad at Davis Love for shooting 64 on me, but anyway, um, you know it, what's funny is that I've gone through a ton of stuff, and I just, really? I'm right back to the S4s that I finished second with there. You know, I've gone through it, it's like it's like I've got, and I'm super grateful for this. I've got a bunch of Scotties, right? Like I got a great collection <laughs> of Scotty cameras. And they all look exactly the same. You know, there's a couple that I'll like mess with and take it. I'm like, yeah, whatever. Like, I always go back to the same old one, and it's just, I just weird like that. I, I love it. Like, I, it's like with like guitars. Like, they all, yeah. they all. I think that I'm going to grab something that's going to make me sound better. And at the end of the day, I'm just the same I do, crappy. I do need to come and shoot your Scotty one. collection because I've shot so, um, Davis Loves and I've shot Kevin Strillman. I know you've got a few of uh, the cast ones that I don't, I don't, a lot of people don't even know about. I, I the, the collection's getting diminished just because it's, you know, he's got a buddy that's like, hey, can I try that? Yeah, sure. And it's like, 
You just tell Bodenhammer you want that one back. Hey, but the ones I do have are really, really good. <laughs> I know, right? I mean, he didn't even offer it. No, he's a. Um, but uh, I do have some like special ones from, you know, I used to live in Southern California, like I said, going down to San, San Diego and being friends with Scotty. Like he's, you know, he kind of screw up something. You know, I remember going in there and he had the, he had like goggles on and a blowtorch. He's got like this carbon Oil can? black one, whatever. Was it carbon? Yeah. Is that what it was? Oh, one of the carbon metal, the, the all black original. No, it was it was the black original one. And he's got a blowtorch <laughs> on, and he goes, "Oh my god!" Hand. And that was the start of the blue one. And he goes, "Do you do you want it?" And I go, "I guess I want it." So I got it. Like it's in the like a you know. I'm like, yeah, that's so I awesome. got the original blue one yeah. in my basement. Right here. And please don't give out my address. Um, but yeah, that's um, but that those those are the ones I have. You know, like I he had a, a tiger putter with like the offset neck, and it had like one little like like cut out of the hosel. He's like, yeah, I'm gonna melt that. I'm like, no, you're gonna melt the freaking shaft in that thing right now. And I'm gonna take it with me, right? So it's like. Um, so I got like stuff like that, the stuff that I would never, ever put with. Like, I just think they're works of art and they're, they're just beautiful. Like I got, you know, a couple old Scottsdale answers, you know, original Scottsdale answers. And, you know, like, I just, I just think like the classic stuff is just so beautiful. It's like, it's like, I just think they're works of art kind of like, like <laughs> that I got behind me. It's like, I suck at using you know, both of them. But, um, you know, whether they're putters or guitars, but I just think they're awesome. That's, I just, you know, especially like when it comes to a drive, I've always been a pretty good driver of the golf ball. I can, I can swing a driver and be like, yeah, that doesn't feel right. Even though I hit it good. I just, it wasn't like, eh. And then coming down the stretch on Sunday, I had S400s in my, uh, in my ping irons. And I hit one shot, and I'm like, oh, that thing kicked differently. So I'm going to go back to X1. <laughs> Meanwhile, I just hit, you know, 16 grains around <laughs> on places that are, you know, smaller than my keyboard. Um, smaller greens on my keyboard here. But, you know, it's just like, uh, What closest do you miss most about, like, the, tour, the maybe mid-'90s, late-'90s? You know, obviously technology has taken a, a huge turn. But what were some of your favorite, like, specific golf club models that you kind of miss but it's like, yeah, I can never play that today. <laughs> mm. The R7 driver. Yep. I love that R7. That big old like deep face. Like I like deep face drivers. Like I just, I don't, I don't really have a problem left or right on the face. Like it's, it's top to bottom. <laughs> I just like putting that thing on a big old peg and <laughs> leaning back and heading straight to back surgery. Um, you know, just trying to launch the thing straight up in the air, straight to my orthopedist. Um, but I just, I love that driver. It just had a good look. That's why, you know, when we talked about it, the USGA, <laughs> whatever this size should we go to? I'm like, this size. <laughs> you know, like, just bring in my R7, like this one right here. Like, I just love that shape. I love that head, you know, like. But see, I'm, I'm a weirdo. Like, we went out to to Goat Hill Park and John Ashworth was there and he's like, dude, you can't set the course record Oof. if you don't hit persimmon. And he gave me like a six degree McGregor <laughs> tourney and I hiked that thing. It was an old persimmon like, you know, like the grip was felt like it was going to slip off and, and I just, I literally drove it down the middle like 305 yards on it every time I hit that thing. Like, Are you serious <laughs> with this? Thing? Like, I, I, I stole it. 
So it's downstairs in my basement too. Like, okay. I'm like, I'm like, John, I don't care what you charge me. Yes. But um, I'm taking this. He's like, dude, keep it. I'm like, because it was coming with me. You just that, the sooner you realize that it was coming with me, the better off that you were going to be. So, um, but yeah, I got it. So it's, and I take it out to practice with him. It's funny. Like, they're like, can I hit it? I'm like, no, man, this is my baby. <laughs> Some nineteen seventy grip on it, or Gregor Turner. Like, I won't even let anybody hit it. That's how much I loved it. <laughs> oh yeah, first thing I did. First thing I did. Well, I tried to clean the other grip. Like, I took out the sandpaper out and all that stuff because I didn't want to mess with it. It was so good. It was so bad. It was, <laughs> it was uh, just the right amount of crappy. Um, but uh, it was. Uh, and, uh, but yeah. Oh. Kind of How big are you into tinkering? Like, do you have your own build shop? Were you ever doing your own grinding, your own grip changes, or anything like that? Never my own grinding. I don't think. I don't think I've had a tour van change a grip on my club and probably. Five or yeah. six years. Grips are tough. Seriously, the problem is now trying to get the darn. Things. Very big issue. Grips are tough, man. Grips are tough. Because mm-hmm. I wore, I wore tape on my on this finger right here, and it would always like, kind of wear the the cord, and literally I was doing it every. I'd go out on a trip, come back, change my grips, or change them before I went out on a trip. But it was every two, three weeks. Like there's not <laughs> two to three weeks. Switch over to super grips or switch over to super stroke grips on your iron. Right up there with fresh and Arnie Cunningham will give you all you want every week. <laughs> <laughs> of course, you need to change them every week too. <laughs> exactly. All right, let me write that down too. Hey, super. See, I like them where they're kind of like perfectly gritty. Like I don't know. Oh. <laughs> What's in your don't, bag don't now? Don't get into my my mental illness right now. <laughs> I've got, uh, well, I'm kind of back and forth between, I've got a stealth driver. Um, I've got yeah. an old semi three wood, like three woods are brutal. Um, and I just Ooh. put a set of ping blueprints with S400s in them. And I was playing a set of Mira TC201s that I kept hooking. They were so pretty, <laughs> but I kept hooking them. I'm like, well, this is obviously not me, right? Like, this is obviously not me. It's got to be the irons. There's got to be something. So I just, uh, I got a set of ping blueprints. And I just, the first time I got them, I went down and I got like a digital Mitchell loft and line machine. That was my Christmas present. Just to show you how messed up I am. I haven't played golf in three years. Love True it. Gear my, what I want for Christmas is a Mitchell loft and line <laughs> My wife's like, you're a sicko. And I'm like, I know. So, um, so I went there and I kind of like like just checked them out. I'm like, ah, oh, you know, maybe this thing. And I went out to hit them. Like these are terrible. I'm like these things are, you know, either I'm not good enough to hit. They just felt clunky. <laughs> and I went and bent them to like half degree flat, and they are awesome. I'm like, or a degree flat. I'm like, you know, a degree flatter from where they were because. Um, and I just is this what they, you played in the great and met I open twice black uh, uh, at that page black and. Uh, okay. No, I actually played my my mirrors um but believe me before i left that that night i was in i have a simulator i have a simulator <laughs> in the house here uh, there's a there's a great story to that too i might have to get into that i don't know how much time you got but um i was sitting there going you know doing comparison on the simulator like well these these blueprints spin the right amount and i'm like i couldn't do it i couldn't pull the trigger maybe if i would have pulled the trigger i might have won yeah but well, I, of course I, I wouldn't have that was just i'm just like to blame something but um 
but yeah, no, they're yeah, they're yeah, they're really good. And those, Intimidating. Those blueprints are really small, but yeah, I, I'm I'm trying. I still play a bunch, but I'm trying to like. There's a guy at Hamilton Farm at the golf club I play here in New Jersey, and Ken Martin, great guy. Um, it's like mid to late sixties, and he's practicing all the time. And I go, Kenny, yeah. practice so much. Why? And he goes, I just want to suck slower. I just want to slow down the sucking process. And I'm like, all right, perfect. Like, I get it. Like, that's kind of where I'm at right now. Like, I know I'm never going to play on tour again, never going to play competitively, but, dude, I don't want to shoot 79 and think, like, damn, so I play great what today. Kind of like, money, I'm just not ready for that. So it's just like. What kind of money games can you so get I'm just over trying to, like, be crappy slower. Farm. That par three course that's is gotta awesome. Be, that's got to be where the best games are, I think. That we course is freaking amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. That course is like we just redid the bunkers and the car pass, and it's so much fun. Um, <laughs> you know, we, we, we get some going. We get, every now and again, we'll get one going. And it's usually because it's, you know, like it gets rains and it's car path only on, on the highlands, and we're just way too lazy to, like, walk from the path to the big golf course. But, uh, you know, like, don't judge me. Um but, uh, you know, we get some great games. we got Marcus Stanza, who, who finished runner-up in the mid-am, plays out of there. Pat Wilson, who played in the U.S. Open a couple of, like And met the Grazerman brothers play there. You know, like Max plays on the corn fair. Just So we get some we get some, <laughs> we get some good games. The only thing I got on is I can talk some stuff. That's, that's all. Talent, talent, ability, everything. I just, you know, I wait for them to say something. Like just out of the ordinary, and I'll be like, "All right, like I'm going to get engaged right now." Because I can, <laughs> I can still going. play, and I think you have to like kick the sleeping bear. And uh, yeah, to get me going. <laughs> Otherwise, I'm just kind of like, yeah, this is great. I'm not at work. Do you still grind <laughs> on the game at all? Like, do you hit the range, or are you just you go out to Hamilton and tee up on 18? Or I, I I do. I just love it. Like I just. I'm in, I'm infatuated with the game. Like I just always try to like learn something new or you know try yep. to figure something out. It's probably why I was in equipment. Oh, as Greg said, um, like I just I was always um, I was always like intrigued to be better. How do I? What if I did this and I did this and it probably was a detriment, but I just I loved it so much and it's just like I just always try to like figure out how to be a little bit better you know it's like like i mean i was out yesterday just you know, on the, the putting <laughs> doing drills like i have no reason to do drills anymore like i'm not like I, you know it's like it's ridiculous but i love it there's, just there's nothing wrong just with that. that guy i mean just, uh like if you threw those like blueprints in the bag do you now look differently at equipment as you did when you were actually playing competitively? Like when you look at a set of blueprints, are there different things you're looking for now as opposed to, you know, when you were playing competitively and, you know, trying to make these, you know, score and grind out these wins and these, you know, top finishes? Like, is, is it different now? Um, yeah, a little bit. Like every time I walk up to my bag or I see my bag, I oh. see a bag. <laughs> Plays the smallest irons. I'm like, who's that idiot? Oh, wait, that's me. Like, why would that guy hit those things? <laughs> yeah, like, really? Like, I, like, like I just said, like, what am I, who, who am I trying to impress? Honestly, it's like, you know, um, but yeah, like I'll, I'll look at somebody and I, you know, if they have mirrors or if they have like the new stuff and it's like, 
I'm always infatuated with like this is gonna sound so funny, but yeah. like who's got muscle backs in their bag? You know, like <laughs> if I see somebody with MVs in their bag, you know, I'm like, all right, like or you know, if I see somebody with a you know, with uh like I'll look at two sets of titleists and they're both fantastic sets of golf clothes, but I see the Titleist MB versus T one hundreds. Or the T one hundred S's. I'm like, oh. you know, it's, I just kind of like, I'm, yeah, I'm but sitting you're judging you right now, like, you know, like, dude, I just hit my, I just hit my seven iron, two ten. Yeah, but it's a six. You know, but you're like, judging the, the player, like, not necessarily the equipment. You know, like, have you ever, have you ever, judged absolutely judging a the player. set of irons based on what the back looks like by saying, oh, it's way too busy looking, or I don't like the font that they used in the name because that's what something I read on Golf WRX when I'm photographing something new and guys tee off on them going, oh, I couldn't play those because the back looks way too busy. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, you just yep. went down a notch in my book. <laughs> yep. So let me, let me, no, no, no. Well, let me, yep. let me, oh, yeah. Let me, uh, Yep. So have no. you seen these irons called Moore Golf? They're not on tour. I haven't seen them. <laughs> okay. So New Jersey State Open. They're the, like all the way. So you can change the, the. They look like Jerry Barber's. Mm-hmm. You know, they look like the Jerry Barber shank proof irons, and I'm sure they're fantastic, right? I'm not judging anything like this, but they're. Yep. You can literally like yeah, screw modular, a face yeah. on. You can screw a sole on. You. They're like components. So I. <laughs> Yeah, they're modular. There you go. That's the word I was looking for. Thank you. Um, but I get into a playoff because I'm playing the New Jersey State Open. And um, <laughs> I'm going to get roasted for this. <laughs> it's, too, it's too good. So I'm playing in the New Jersey State Open, and I shoot 10 under par. So there's two of us that shoot 10 under par. The next the next score was 3 under par, and the next score was even. So we kind of lapped the field, right? I shoot 65 on them. On the last day, bogey free, and the guy went toe to toe. Like I'm like, good for you. We get to do a playoff, the three hole aggregate. This guy's got more golf irons. Right, and he look and he comes up to me and he goes, "Wow, an encore golf ball," which I think is fantastic. <laughs> and he's got squares on. He, oh, oh. and I'm like, and, and he whooped me. He birdied two holes in the playoff and, and just whooped me. And I'm like, I just got beat by a guy getting more golf irons, wearing squares and playing non football. I'm like, I'm going to need to rethink my, my narcissism. Like, but, but he, he was great. He played great. Yeah. Like, I, you know, it's like I just looked at him. This guy know who I think I am? And he just wore me out. Like, and I'm like, maybe I need to go back and rethink this a little bit. But no, he played great. He beat, 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 that is beat awesome. fair and square. I mean, that is as long awesome. As do, you, do you still show up to events with uh, He wasn't an amateur, was, was he? <laughs> no, he was a pro. He was a pro. Yeah, a super nice guy and a really good player. Like he, uh, <laughs> do you still show up to... Uh, smashes him, too, like every other kid. Go ahead. He's like, yeah. I go, how old are you? He goes, 27. Said, I've, been, I've been able to drink longer than you've been alive. When, when you're playing in like competitive anyway, events, sorry, do you still show up with the staff bag, like with your name on it? Okay. Uh, His wife caddies or not. I was hoping no. that was the answer, but you never know. No, I, I carry. Yeah, 
Ooh. No, I, I got a Pepperdine bag. And I, I keep saying, you know, I keep joking. And Pepperdine bags are super cool. Coach sent it to me a couple years ago. Yeah. And I'm like, I hope nobody confuses me for being in college. Who's that freshman over there? <laughs> Somehow well, they so, think you're an original. Yeah, he's that freshman guy. That guy. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. That's right. <laughs> that bag is so free, does Coach apparently sending me the bag. Um, We're expecting a little something. <laughs> That's awesome. But no, I, I do the same thing. I, I walk down the range and I always think of like, especially when you see something unique like that in a bag, it's always, I think to myself, how did that get there? You know, was it fit? Did the person just buy it? Did they, whatever, like, why is it in that bag? How did it get in that bag? Why did they like it? Why do they don't like it? Like, and that stuff always goes through my head when I walk down the range or get paired up with somebody on a course, you know, just playing. I always look at the bag and see what's in there and then try to kind of decide why that club is in that bag for that person. It's just something I've always, I just always do. Yeah, and I can, uh, you and I could be like that. <laughs> you and I could be like I that. I can understand that. I was talking just about up the, looking at the back of the iron and you didn't like the font that they use for the name of the club or the nut font they the use badge. for the number. Yeah, that's yeah. They're the badge looks bad, or I don't like the weight plug that they put back there. That's all cosmetic stuff, as far as I'm concerned. How does it look at a dress yeah, when it's sitting behind the ball? That's that's a little much, but I do believe it has to look good in the bag. It so, do you to, worry about you know, bag honestly, chatter? Like here, or like, are you, you, you know, have you something putting, that, that uh, you got iron right covers on? Yeah, that's what. Oh, <laughs> I do when I travel. Another notch. No, you don't. <laughs> I do when I travel. I I I un- you get the freaking clubs. You put iron covers when, I, when they go on an airplane. Wrap a towel around it. Hundred percent. That's what I, I take do. Take it off right away. <laughs> he is. He's he's one hundred percent judge. Totally right. judge. Don't judge me. Oh, I'll don't never do me. your bag again. No more what's in the bags of yours. And, and you know what? That got neoprene. <laughs> I'm gonna. Let, well, I don't think you have to worry about that anyway. Yep. Um, but uh, oh, I, I, I unscrew yeah, the yeah, drivers. Yeah, I unscrew the, the woods, take them off, put them in, and I put iron covers. Especially with like, I, I just you would not believe how beat up, especially for how much travel. Like, I only started doing it the last four or five years when I actually had to start, you know, paying money for stuff. Um, you know, the last three years especially. But uh, you wouldn't <laughs> believe how bad I got like neoprene iron covers from Amazon and I put them on, I put them on when I travel. I get that. I just, I, I, I can just, get past yeah, the travel side of it. Like I'm, I, I'm the same way. Like, yeah. And don't worry. And if I ever have to pull my travel bag out, like, you know, like you go to a place and they're like, Oh, can we take your bag? I'm like, give me seven minutes. This is a little embarrassing. So I like, the first thing I do is like, you know, like I usually blame Megan. Like, my wife, like why, why did she put her iron covers on my back? Yeah, but uh, that's awesome. Well, no, I just don't want to beat it up, beating it up. But see, like I'm on the other hand, um, I don't think putters look great. I mean, I'm a huge shiny. I want to play a putter that's 12 years old type guy for sure. Yes, like it it gives it like like, Tiger's putter is like chopped up. You would be more concerned about dings in the face and less concerned about dings on the top line or the back or the bottom or you don't care about the face. Yeah. I mean, when I have the Scottsdale answer, 
Right. Oh. I have the Scottsdale answer, and I'm like, don't even put it. No head covers. Just let it breathe. Like, let it kind of. I, I agree with you on the little bit of I know, wear. That, strong low down. I can't go down the, the no head cover route. I uh, It just, the top line gets too dinged up, and that gets me a little bit. I can't go down that road. <laughs> oh, don't get me wrong. My, my putter's got a head cover on it, but it's just, it's, I just think it has to get to a point where it needs to have a little personality. It needs to have a little soul. <laughs> you need to look down and be like, all right, man, I remember where that dinged, right? Like, like we've been here together, man. Let's let's. I need you. Like, <laughs> well, I said it's my for years. That's why room. Nike couldn't get a, a putter right, for the most part anyway. in Tiger's hands because they needed to take a high res screenshot of the top of his Cameron and then reconstruct every nick and ding in the top line because when he looked down <laughs> at it, it didn't look comfortable. Yeah, it's all beat up. <laughs> I bought this guitar brand new. Is that the pre yeah. better that way? Yeah. No, no, yeah. no. I bought it to look. It, it's actually I like an option, isn't like it? This. Yeah, isn't it like an option? It's like. Nobody had ever played this thing. <laughs> yes, and it, it takes more money. Yep. It, it, it costs more money to have somebody. How do they do it? They just have someone like play I, it over I, and over again for weeks? Like, does it take longer to get that way? They won't tell you. What? No, no, no. They take they take chains to it. They take like I mean, if you look at it, it's like yeah. paint on it. It's cracking. Like yeah, it's, it's weathered. Like I don't know if you can really kind of see that, but like like I don't know. They take keys. They take all the stuff. Like yeah, it's yeah all no, be... I bought it. And it's like pre worn. Like you can look at the mess, That's... right? Like it's kind of looks like it's, it's yeah. like somebody good. It's like to me that guitar's got. <laughs> I <soul>. like it, <laughs> and I didn't touch it. No. Not at all. So I'm, I'm aware. When did the interesting guitar start? Was that after hey, you were on the PGA anyway. tour? Way back. It actually started in college. It started. I bought. I got a Takamine guitar over there because that's what Garth Brooks used to play. <laughs> and I remember going to Guitar Center and financing <laughs> the guitar. And my dad yelling at me because I financing the guitar. What the hell are you doing? And, and I just, every year I, I bought, you know, every, you know, kind of stopped in the last few, but that was kind of like my off time um, on the road was I'd call my wife and she'd be like, what are you doing? I said, I'm going to my girlfriend's house. <laughs> and that either meant Guitar Center, Sam Ash, whatever. Like she knew, like I would just go spend the afternoon at a guitar yep. shop and she's like, okay, cool. Have fun. But I call that my girlfriend's house. And, you, know, you got on. Greg knows the relationship with my wife. So she's amazing. She's awesome. But she'd be like, "All right, have fun." You know, it was like a, there was no private investigators involved. She knew where I was going. Like I just let, and I knew, and I would, I would go by. If I went there like on a Monday or Tuesday, and would play a random guitar, and want to go yep. back Thursday to play it again, she had a chance. She had a chance to come home, right? Like. Like, if I play it and be like, oh, whatever, you know, that's cool. And then I'd go back to one and be like, ooh. And listen, I didn't, it didn't make me play any better. It just felt right. Like, it was just like, yeah. okay, it's like Harry Potter's wand, right? Like, um, it was, but there was a couple times I did that where I was in, like, I remember in Charlotte, I, I bought this guy. Ooh. And um, I was actually in Raleigh. And I bought it, and I just kind of went back and it's a John Petrucci music man. And it's it's my go to. That's why it's right here. Like every, I just, 
I got, I'm very fortunate enough to have all these, but like if I'm going, to, I'm just grabbing something to try it. That's the guy. And I remember going back like four times, looking at it, going, and that that. Piece that's of, why you need to come to Nashville and go to gear and guitars thing. because you would you would go to the tour and say, uh, I need to. We need to change that deal. And we yeah. add in some guitar, some guitar purchases in that contract because you would. I don't even play guitar, and yeah. I've been to that store a number That's, of times. Uh, it's freaking yeah. amazing. In, in lieu of bonus, yeah, they're just works of and art. not just guitars. There, right? I mean, they've got banjos, mandolins. I love them. I you stink. name it. They, if it's string, they pretty much have it in there. I just love like what's able to come out of it, right? Something that I'll never do. It's like Brad Thompson's butter, right? You look at it, and you're just like, yeah, you're just, yep. you're just, you're perfect, and you're perfect because that guy makes you look perfect. Ooh, and you know, it's like, you know, I've got a John Mayer signature over there. <laughs> do you write original <laughs> music? Like John Mayer, and I'm like, yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> oh, I stink. I'm like a 12 handicap, but I love it. Like I used to bring a guitar on the road, and I had the like the. But it's called a pocket pod. It was like a little amp modeler that I, you know, I can plug my phone into and plug the, air, the, the headphones into and play. And nice. Run around my room and look like Angus, you know, kicking, doing leg kicks. And like, but that was that was what I did. Like, you know, like I loved it. And it's, you know, I, I can play. I know all my scales. I know, you know, I know how to like go up and down the, the, the keyboard, the, the, mm. the, the fingerboard. I just don't have any speed. <laughs> so if you put me on like a nice, beautiful ballad, I got it. And I can, I can, you know, I can keep up with chords. I can do all that stuff. Like I can, <laughs> if, I get, if it really gets bad, I just turn the volume down. <laughs> I played on stage a couple of times. <laughs> you know, all the way down. Like, dude, you did great. I'm like, I know, wasn't I awesome? What's the kind of music you and listen to? Like what's on your playlist? <laughs> anyway. Anything that sounds good, honestly, like anything that's like sonically good. I listen to country, to, to Mozart, to, to rap. I just, you know, if it's something that kind of sounds that's good, fair enough. it's recorded well. All right. Well, I think we're uh, we're winding down on our allotted time. I hope you do know that the uh, the title of this podcast will be "Here's Why Jason Gore Plays with Iron Covers." Or here's why Jason Gore uses iron covers. Yeah. Or just Jason Gore uses. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's just Jason Gore uses iron covers. With covers. Iron here's covers. why. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. This changed, our, this changed our relationship. That, that one little line changed. Um, but you congratulations on the. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Congratulations on the new gig at at the PGA Tour. I know you don't know exactly what you're getting into yet. I'm sure you haven't even talked to all the players to get their standpoint on what you can do. Um, Will we better. see you at Napa? Yeah. All right. Yes. Yep. Napa President's Cup. I'm, I'm, uh, I go to HQ next week for my first, uh, my first day on Tuesday after Labor Day. I'll spend the week there. I'll leave for Napa Friday, and then there's I'll go to rookie orientation, be a wallflower, and then I'm just going to have a notebook and just walk around and, and just listen and try to try to figure out what's you know like what's most important. Well, I have a whole guys. list of things that I want you to work on. 
Yeah, your number just got blocked. Um, hey, you call me. I never call you. Hey, you started. Wow. Um, but no, just I just want to make sure, like you know, like listen, if I'm gonna if I'm gonna represent the players for this to you know directly to the commissioner, I want to make sure that the, that that the list is 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 solid and make sure that uh, we got the right things being brought forth and. And make sure that uh, make sure that we get this, you know, continue to improve and, and make the PGA Tour the best place in the place in the world. Like, just make it even better. Let's just let's just let's just embarrass everybody. Let's just make this so good that um, everybody will everybody wants to be here. If they don't already, so you're in listening mode right now. You're gonna listen, kind of craft. So. Um, your list of things to do and then try to implement them going forward. Just because I have iron covers doesn't mean I have everything. <laughs> I don't know that. <laughs> I'm starting to question everything right now. No, I, I you know, it's, it's, listen, I, I, I felt like the USGA was a great thing and, and, but I don't know. I don't know what we need to do here. And um, I think it's just, we're just going to sit back and then, watch for a little bit and evaluate and, and uh, try to figure this out and you know I'll have my I'll have my compadres that you know the close ones that especially guys on the pack and the board and stuff like that but uh, you know I'm gonna try to be keep everybody equal and um, I'm, I'm just all ears and, and uh, I just want to just want to make sure that uh, that this is good well, the golf world's in a wild place right now, and you're in a place to make serious changes uh, for the future going forward. So good luck and enjoy it. Yeah, we wish you the best. That's, Thank that's you. my Thanks, advice. We wish you the absolute best. Um, true gearheads, <laughs> we, we appreciate you coming on the, the show, talking a little shop with us and kind of clearing up what you got going on. So. Jason, thank you for joining uh, Two Guys Talking Golf. Welcome back whenever. And we'll see you in the Golf to Rex forums. I know you'll be in there probably later today. I'll be there. I'll probably, probably right now. You're going to you're gonna have to defend yourself on those uh, those iron covers. So good luck out there. Um, I, I, I think you'd be surprised. Right, listen, I've swallowed my pride a long time ago. So we're okay. Just I, the I fact you came on the show good, proves so. that you did that. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Yeah. All right. You told me this was judge free. So it'll be good. Well, that was a special edition of Four Guys Talking Golf. We'll see you next week.